Okay, the only thing I have to remember this time is to say my name. Because <laughs> last time I forgot to introduce that. I've got a text that says so. Well, thanks for the reminder from the uh, all listening audience of how many? One? One. One. No, two. two. Sean two. and Adrian. Sure. Uh, Stephanie. Stephanie. <laughs> two. We have to. Uh, we have to fix that. <laughs> Are we recording? Okay, in three, two, one. Hey, I'm Motor. <laughs> no, that's not how the show starts. It starts, <laughs> out, starts out like this. This is Beer School. We're here to help you and your friends learn how to like more than one kind of beer. There's lots of beers to like. Some are made right down the street from where you live, and others have to travel halfway around the world just to get to you. Learn why beer tastes the way it does, how styles came about, and all the verbs you might describe what you're tasting. Exactly. The best part is the homework. What is the homework, Motor? The homework uh, for last week was to go out and spend $3 more than usual on a six-pack of beer. Yeah, and what did you try? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What did I try last week? Well, no, I know what you tried because we went to the the uh, uh, double IPA festival at the bistro and yes. $20, which is actually $13 more than the six pack that I normally get. I, I spent 10 more dollars. I spent $30 so, to get the extra tasting tickets. Yes, right. And so you had uh, extra tastings and, um, and there were I, a lot of interesting beers. There were some that made me go. Yeah. What flavor is that? That's the Bugs Bunny. My face just changed around flavor. Ah, uh, no, I, I, uh, there were a lot of good uh, grapefruity ones there, and uh, just fun to see stuff from all over the place come in that you get it to taste cool. all in one place. The thing was that some of the beer traveled very far this year. What was the most distant? New Jersey, but I don't remember the name of the brewer. brewery. Oh, true. And Do- Dogfish Head is somewhere. Oh, yeah. Dogfish Head is on the East Coast. Yeah. So that could be the, the New Jersey one that I'm thinking about. So anyway, I'm John Foster, and I just wanted to say that uh, right in the beginning of the show, because last time I forgot. And I'm Motor. Yeah, he doesn't have a last name, just Motor. Like Madonna or Cher. No, not like Madonna <laughs> or Cher. What's Cher's last name? Well, sh- no, no, no. I mean, you're not like Madonna or Cher. They're much cuter than than you are. Oh, okay. Well, both of them, I was just referring to the name. Both of them combined, actually. So this is the tasting show. This is the show that we're going to taste some beers and uh, tell everybody the best way to taste beer. Tasting beer isn't a big deal. I mean, basically, we talked about this a bit last week where I said, yeah, so what? You know, I put the beer in the glass, and I sip the beer, and then swallow the beer, and what's the big deal? Right. So there is a, there is some things that we need to know. If we're going to become better beer drinkers, we need to know how to taste and describe the taste that we're tasting. And so if you go to a place where you don't understand what beer is up there, you've never recognized it before, at least if you know what, beer, what the taste of the beer is that you like regularly, uh, you can offer those flavors up and somebody at the, at the brewery can say, oh, well, this beer is sort of like that. You might enjoy this one. Exactly. All right, so um, right, so you can say I like Sierra Nevada, uh, right, and then the guy will say, "Well, then you should try Anchor Steam, or the lack of better example." I like a sweeter beer. You should try this one, or I like a, a darker beer that's sweet, or a darker beer that's sour, and uh, you can do all that. They'll come up with something, and you'll be pleasantly surprised. You can also, if you read something and it's described a flavor that you know you don't like, you can avoid it. 
I hate avoiding flavors. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like avoiding doing your homework. Oh, that's true. That's All right. Well, speaking of homework, so the thing with the thing with beer geeks, the people that really taste beer, uh-huh. you know that they they sample it and they quaff it and they use all those geek words. They um, they resemble wine snobs in a way. But they do. A, but there's a big difference between the two. And the, the difference is, is what they're drinking. So beer, unlike wine, uh, basically costs 10 bucks. Right. The most expensive beer that you'll ever buy will be like $15, maybe 25 if you buy into the marketing. So unlike wine, which might cost hundreds of dollars a bottle. An expensive beer does not equal a good beer. Your investment in exploration of different beers is not going to be like it is if you were tasting wine. Right. And a lot of, so like some of the wine that I've tried that is actually hundreds of dollars a bottle, you'll taste it and you're like, okay, it tastes like wine. And you watch the guy across the table going, you know, having having an orgasm in his face because he's like, oh, just like oh, I got all these. Oh, did yeah. you taste the peppers and the and the uh, and the pepperonis and the uh, oh, the, the pepperoncinis too? Yeah, the pepperoncinis. So they've got all that going for them, those guys. But the idea is, is other thing that's different about wine versus beer, or beer versus wine, and is that um, beer has an expiration date. It gets better with age to a point. Correct. And at some point, it just stops aging well and it just dies and it's not universal across all beers some beers don't age well at all right while others can be put down uh or will take two or three years to get to market in the first place right. and other beers just need to be put down <laughs> i think we have some of those in front of us <laughs> today john we do so um so before we get to the tasting part let's talk a little bit about the glasses okay that uh we need to use to to uh to taste beer first thing is First thing that I know is that if you just drink a beer out of a bottle, you're not doing the bottle. You're not doing the beer a favor. <laughs> exactly. You're not doing the beer a favor. In order to taste things really well, you also have to be able to smell. And if you don't have one or the other, if you're not tasting things, that means your nose is plugged up. Or if you're not smelling things, that means your tongue is cut off. We did this thing, I remember, some time during elementary school uh, when we were experimenting with the five senses, where we the teacher cut up slices of potatoes, but held an apple under our nose while we bit into the potato. And it tasted a lot like apple, because okay. your, your uh, sense of smell does a lot to inform your sense of taste. Plus, you can easily fool uh, second graders. <laughs> Making potatoes taste like apples. All right, so... Um, the standard issue glass, the bar glass that we see everywhere, this the sixteen ounce, sixteen ounce pint glass, is actually called a mixer glass. It's not really a proper pint glass. Um, it's um, it, the top is too wide, the glass is too thick. Um, there's a lot of problems with the glass overall when you're trying to stir the beer up or what we call build a beer as you're pouring it into the glass so that it basically releases all those wonderful smells and at the same time you want to have a way of containing the smell in the glass so that it's just not falling out uh like uh, dry ice right now you go uh especially in in uh belgium you go into a bar and they have the appropriate glass for every single beer that they serve out of a bottle and there'll be you know dozens of different glass types 
uh, a lot of them specifically tailored just for that beer with different shapes. Sort of the tulip shape is is one that if you want to get a lot of nose out of the beer, you have the tulip shape glass, which is sort of a bulbous thing, little it looks like tighter a tulip, at the top. Uh, upside, no, it's right side up. Right side up. Yeah. Or you get the tall, the tall, thin Pilsner glasses that are a nice, elegant glass uh, to keep your nose out of the beer because some of the some of these scents in Pilsners uh, might take away from the enjoyment of the beer. Oh, well, I'm still going to drink it, right? <laughs> so um, freezing a glass. A lot, of t- a lot of places you see the beer coming in a frosty mug. And it's, um, you know, everybody's like, ooh, wow, you, uh, you went to the extra effort to chill that glass. Well, the only reason why you'd super chill a glass for the beer is that the beer needs to be super cold. So it can taste like nothing. Right. And as we know, that as temperature gets to zero the the less taste there'll be in that uh in that beer right because you're you're sort of uh chilling your tongue and numbing yourself and but that's the same way with everything that's chilled with the kind of the exception of ice cream but even then if you overeat ice cream you can't taste anything right yuck when's the ice cream tasting show i don't know we should taste ice cream at some point beer and ice cream show i had a friend who made me beer milkshakes in college was it fun it was good Hmm. She was cute. I, anything she wanted to feed me, I'd take. <laughs> of course. Maybe we'll make beer milkshakes one show. Oh, we could. <laughs> we could. Well, all right. Well, enough about glassware and enough about um, pouring beer into a glass because that's all basic stuff. The idea we want to talk about now is there's four things that we want to taste in beer. And those are bitter, sweet, skunky, or you know, basically where it's bad the ick flavor ick flavor and sour and there's a big difference between sour and skunk um and so we have a range of beers that are available to everybody so that they can so that you they not i'm talking to them not me i'm not talking (laughs) are you talking to me (laughs) no i'm not i'm talking to our 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 four our vast listenership yeah exactly more listeners every week in the meantime well, we only have four listeners because this is only available on a Zoom, and they've only sold four of them. <laughs> we like the Zoom. We just can't get a podcast to a Zoom. We can't even get a netcast to a Zoom, which is even bad. All right, so what do we have for our, what do we have in front of us? We have we have some of the finest beers available. John and I went to Extreme Measures to go to a store where we could get or a store that replicates the beer selection that's probably available to anybody listening in the United States. Ninety percent of the world. Yes, uh, the it's uh, Jack's Liquor Market on Third uh, Street in San Francisco, right underneath the bridge, right underneath the bridge ramp, affectionately nicknamed Porn and Liquor because it sells everything for the bachelor lifestyle uh, we've got uh, actually we uh most of our beer is international here no there's two well yeah, that's an interesting take have you noticed that how about that well so that's good news because what happened i we when we originally wrote down our list our wish list it was all american beers that's a sad wish list i'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> well what was on the original wish list john um, we wanted uh, uh miller Miller High Life, and we actually found one of those. Uh, we wanted Heineken, uh, PBR, better known as PBR. Paps Blue Ribbon. Um, Gordon Pierce Blonde, which was a fairly widely distributed microbrew um, made by... Uh, 
Mark. Gordon Beer's Brewing. Gordon Beer's Brewing. No, I was going to say made by our friends down in San Jose. Yes. Uh, and uh, Sierra Nevada uh, Pale, and that's the one in the green bottle. We, uh, I originally nixed the Sierra Nevada because a lot of people that I know are like, I don't like that dark beer. And it's hardly dark, and it's hard. It's very tasty, so I don't understand why people would say that. But I'm like, all right, well, we'll cross that off the list. Right. Even though we could have bought that beer today. So what we have here is we, we have the Heineken. Yes, we have. And, and we have it in the handy 22-ounce uh, size. Which is funny because this is the, uh, for the, uh, for the uh, liquor and porn, this is the, the perfect size. It's the size that fits. Actually, the, the High Life is the perfect size. Oh, yeah, right. So the yeah. High Life just says, I'm drinking in a gutter. <laughs> <laughs> it's the convenient quart size. Right. And then we have uh, a 24 of Sapporo. Uh, and we picked that because of... of, of We're going... Sapporo is going to be our bitter. Our bitter beer. And we then, got uh, Modelo. Modelo, just because I like it. That's our palate cleanser at the end. And then for sour... Their sour beer is a Guinness Extra Stout in a bottle. Um, the, this was a this is a very recent product, actually. About ten years ago, you couldn't actually get a Guinness Stout in a bottle. It didn't exist. So the the people in Ireland figured out a way of putting it in a bottle and giving it those robust stout qualities. So <clears throat> this goes against the rule that we had, which was uh, or the 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 leaving out the Sierra Nevada. With the idea being, uh, here's a beer that's going to uh, demonstrate the sour properties. Right. All right. Well, without further ado, let's uh, get into this. Which are we going for? Should we go for uh, Heineken or Miller first? Let's start off with uh, skunky flavor. Okay. Or skunky all around. So here we have the Heineken and the keys to the Heineken. It's important to have a, uh, a bottle opener on your key ring. I have a uh, titanium key, uh, bottle opener that I got at the Anchor Brewery that uh, in 10 years of service has never worn down. How about that magic of titanium? It's really cool. I want one of these. <laughs> Since 1896. Oh, oh, I can smell the skunky flavor from when I tilted the glass. You don't understand what a sacrifice we're making for you <laughs> listeners. Oh, yeah, that's Heineken. Okay, not only does it so the very first thing that I'm that I'm tasting uh, or when I'm going to taste a beer is I'm going to smell the beer. What does the beer smell like? And it smells it smells like a country road at dusk. It smells like an underwear. <laughs> oh, I don't sniff no. underwear. <laughs> wow. Okay, so after we smell the beer, so the best way to smell the beer is like this. Okay, for the listeners at home, uh, oh yes, it's the old uh, John searching out a very high-tech device, uh, custom designed to fit over the top of a pint glass. Uh, this would be a coaster from a local brew pub. Yeah. Um, 21st Amendment has provided us with coasters, and they're, it's kind of interesting that they're in the studio, but this is a beer cast. So um, you put the coaster on top of the glass, and then you spin the glass. So kind of like you're going to do a... a a, a, a popper. <laughs> and the idea is for the coaster on top, as you spin it to release the aroma of the beer, uh, it keeps the aroma in until you snap the coaster right. off and sniff. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Heineken. So, so what? Then, so then take a big taste of that beer. Um, and the very first impression that you're going to get 
is based on that big smell that you first had. So that's probably the first time or the best time you'll taste it. Right. You won't ever taste it like this again because now your your tongue develops a... <laughs> I'm making funny faces and throwing off the host of the show. Because <laughs> your 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 tongue develops a memory, and so the more that you taste something, the more you're going to have that memory put in your in your head. Yes. And uh, so then it, and so then you won't ever you won't ever get that initial flavor again. So now you're going to taste new flavors. What'll happen is is that after you swallow the beer, then the rest of the beer will show up and that will be either uh well there's a lot of different flavors that you might that you might have going on in your mouth while that happens heineken the uh our example of skunky here the skunky is really uh part of the packaging of the beer and the light getting in and changing the beer as it makes its journey from amsterdam to uh good old california here uh, when you get into the flavor, if you can divorce the, the scent of the skunkiness from the flavor of the beer, you actually get some nice flavors in the beer. And uh, if you get the Heineken closer to Amsterdam, it's a different beer because it hasn't traveled, you know, a third of the way around right. the world. It also, uh, well, it's not in a green bottle. Right? True. If you get it 10 blocks from the Amsterdam uh, brewery, if you get a 10 blocks from the Amsterdam brewery, it's going to taste lots different. Because yes. you know, it didn't travel in a green glass, which brings up the point of uh, green glasses. Why you want to always buy beer that's in a, uh, that's in a different glass. I mean, the thing with, with green is that it's going to let all the, ultraviolet, all the ultraviolet light into the bottle. Well, the only thing that could possibly wor- be worse than green glass would be clear glass. Exactly. All right. So, what am I tasting? I'm tasting a bit of a. a there's a kind of a citrus flavor going on, mm-hmm. and you taste a lot of the grain. Yeah, and it's really sweet for what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's not as sweet as say the one of the other beers that we're going to try, but it is a it is a sweet flavor. It also has this pucker factor that's going on. Yeah, you know, and that's the that's part of the the when we talk about tasting skunk. That's that, and it's not sour. It's just like this. I don't know. It's something not something's not right. Something's not right. Taste. It's it, it's uh, maybe the beer is jet lagged. It's the uh, it's the beer version of being a, jet lagged. It had a really bad night. Yeah. So the hangover beer. A lot of people like this beer a lot. A lot of people think, oh, I'm drinking Heineken and it's imported, and then this flavor must be a really good flavor. Right. And I'm not really a fan of this flavor. Um, by the end of a Heineken, I'm like, okay, can I have something else, please? <laughs> um, also, this is an interesting thing. This beer is supposed to be served warmer than uh, most people would consider to be cold. Uh, it's served if, on the bottle. It says served between 40 and 45 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> if you served it at 40, 45 degrees Celsius... <laughs> I don't know that it would do it any good either. So make sure you get your your Fahrenheit and your Celsius right. But the idea is is that it, the warmer because it's a little bit warmer, it's going to have more of the of the esters coming off the beer, and you're going to be able to smell it better. Right. It'll and, have to... and it'll actually taste better. I think when this is super cold, you can't even taste it at all. And right, not good, not good at all. All right. Well, <laughs> now I'm going to finish it. <laughs> I'm going to set the bottle on the floor. Mm-hmm. 
So when we get animated talking about the other beers, we don't oh, accidentally right. knock it over. You know, I've had that happen on a podcast before where actually somebody got all animated and the, stopped the space bar or pressed the space bar so then it stopped. All right, what's our next beer? We have uh, I would say... Well, I'd say we go with the palate cleanser. The uh, Modelo or the uh, Sapporo? The High Life. The High Life. <laughs> <laughs> you mean palate... I know... How, no, that's the stomach cleanser. <laughs> Because I don't think we're going to drink much of that. You know, it's just sitting there. Uh, it's haunting the, us. The one quart size. It's it's uh, for easy drinking. It comes with a screw top. Uh, <laughs> it's a big old bottle there. There's still a little bit of chill on the outside of the bottle, which means that it might. We have to drink this sooner than later. Yes, because uh, go for it. Otherwise, it's going to be okay. So here's the. Oh yeah. Reminds me of soda when I was a kid, when soda used to come in glass bottles. <laughs> this bottle looks like something that Barry Bonds might have given to Major League Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good way of describing the color of the... of the. Here, put the top back on. We don't want it to spill. <clears throat> yeah, we're, so we have basically a beer that uh, it looks... It looks like... Yellow food coloring got poured into it, and there's bubbles on the top. Well, it doesn't smell as bad as the Heineken. <laughs> well, that's because Miller comes from, uh, I think our Miller is probably coming from Los Angeles these days, down in Irwindale. It's where they used to make, uh, they probably still make Lone Brow. Have you seen Lone Brow lately around mm -mm. anywhere? Mm -mm. They stopped making that? Wow, is that <laughs> sweet or what? Oh, yeah, that's a sweet beer. <laughs> Dang. Now John's making the faces. It almost tastes like, like, um, well, remember when we were talking last week about uh, hops? Yeah. And there's lack of hops in here. Totally. I wonder that, how many. I wonder how many IBUs we ha we're looking at here. I maybe think we're seven. At maybe seven. <laughs> I mean, you know, Bud has more flavor than this. Yeah. Which is amazing for me to say, but Bud does have more flavor. So if you were to take the grain. And mash it 90 times. And then ferment that. This is what you get. This is what you get. This is definitely... It's a smooth, easy-drinking beer. Oh, boy. It needs to be colder. Yeah. We need to have the frosty glass. Uh, it's not very good at all. And the uh, the head sort of looks like soap suds when it's yeah. done in the glass. That could be intentional. They, the makers could... <laughs> Maybe they left soap. Maybe... But uh, wow! <clears throat> so this is a the Miller genuine or the Miller High Life, and actually I own a a, a neon that Ooh. sits in the brewery upstairs in the grain room. Uh -huh. You know the grain room, yes. Very experienced you are in the grain room. <laughs> All rumors. <laughs> it's not rumors. It's the truth. You had the keys. <laughs> no, um, I don't. No, no, you had <coughs> borrowed the keys. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so super sweet. Uh, wow. If you like if you like these flavors, a lot of breweries do do this sort of training wheels beer because it doesn't have the bitterness that people associate with associate with something they don't like when they first approach beers outside the mainstream. Think, you know, I think John's a lot less tolerant of the Miller, and I'm a lot less tolerant of the Heineken. He just is making these faces like he's going to retch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, I I remember liking this beer at one point in my life, but I think. It had to be super cold, and I think I didn't even know what hops was. Right. You know, I think in in that it's just water, barley, and and uh, yeast. 
It's alcohol and bubbles. It's alcohol and bubbles. I'm sorry that I'm making faces and I'm not really talking because it's just... I got the Bugs Bunny thing going like, good, I have to finish it too. But you know, this brings up a good point, the difference between wine tasting and beer tasting. Wine tasters spit. Oh, yeah. Beer tasters swallow. Exactly. Well... Like the story you were talking about the other night. The story. I was at a lovely wine bar here in the beautiful city of San Francisco, and a gentleman sat down at the table next to me and my friends, and he ordered a flight of wine. So it was a bunch. It was at least 10 glasses of white wine. That's a lot of wine. That's a lot of wine. That, that's even, a, if it, even if you're doing tasters. Yeah. I mean, that half an ounce, quarter of an ounce. <laughs> an eighth of an ounce, an of a an dime ounce. bag. Uh, so he he gets it was very nicely presented. It was it was all him. They lined up the glasses in sort of an arrow procession, and then right in the middle, a nice little silver bucket to spit into. Oh man, you know it's like is that rude to the to do the to the wine? I don't know. I think that the wine should have been enjoyed, not tasted. <laughs> it's oh, well. true. Well, okay. So speaking of. Uh, Enjoyed? Yes. I didn't enjoy that at all. No, I, I think, and, and I'm, and I'm sorry that you know I'm, I'm, I'm dissing on somebody's favorite beer, and I don't mean, and I do mean to because there's so many better things to drink than that. But we use this as an example of a beer that you can get that universally you can find that is sweet. Yeah. I think that if you don't have a standard, if you're not, if if, if you're learning to taste beer and you're learning to to like new things. You have to have standards to say, oh, yeah, that tastes like a Miller or that tastes like something. Yeah. And, uh, the scary thing is when we made our list, we knew all the beers that we could use for examples. Right. Well, no, you came up. I think the next one we taste is your brilliant brainstorm for sour. Oh, right. Yeah. Because sour sour is a, is a flavor that can come out in some really – here it goes – Oh, those Irish know how to get those bottle caps on. Oh, that's a really tight cap. Uh, sour is a flavor that can really come out in some really, really wonderful beers. Uh, but those are usually Belgian beers. But as we were uh, down there at uh, Porn and Liquor, searching through their wonderful collection of gigantic cans of beer, John came up with the brainstorm of our example, our universal example for sour. So this is a Guinness stout. Um, it's a traditional stout from Ireland. But it's it's Guinness the way I like it. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the the, the traditional on draft beautiful the nitrogen. nitrogen Guinness. I actually prefer Guinness this way out of the bottle than. Well, uh, the, the nitrogen is kind of a a recent gimmick. It really I don't know if it actually makes the beer taste better or or it's cool to look at. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I really enjoy. I mean, I could just order the glass and watch it do that whole pour. Backwards. Oh, and if you get the really cute uh, uh, barmaid that does the little, uh, oh, that the does smile? the clover in the yeah. top of the in the top of the head, that's, you know, that is they actually do care about getting this the way it's presented, the way it's served. I get sort of caramely, the caramely smoky sort of. You, you smell the darkness yeah. when you smell it the. It smells beer. almost like coffee in the beginning. Big malt beginning. And yeah. When I say malt, I mean uh, almost a sweet beginning, but not. Not like the Miller. Right. Um, it's definitely more controlled, and it's being offset by the bitterness of uh, the roast. Right. And the, the, the sour flavor that sort of comes from the roast, too. I love the end. Yeah. Okay, so partly the reason why I like Guinness as much as I do is that that almost dirt-like flavor that 
happens after you swallow the beer. Yes. And that's not just from waking up the next morning in a peat bog either. (laughs) But it's a good example of the sour because um, without that, without that end, without the kick, Uh it would would just be sweet, bitter beer. Yeah. And just the the sour that goes boom at the beginning. Mm -hmm. This is actually, I think, the bottle that we're going to finish. Yeah, we're going to, as opposed to those two on the floor. Yeah, anybody want uh, two-thirds of a quart of Miller? Some guy on the street, I'm sure, <coughs> I'm sure would really enjoy that Miller beer. Um, well, this is a this beer's got a long history. It goes back forever. Forever. Since 1759. That's almost forever. That's, uh, that's before uh, the space shuttle. That's before the Constitution. And Guinness is one of those beers that you can get anywhere in the world, almost. Uh, although Irish bars can be found almost anywhere in the world. I, I had a friend telling me the other day when she's traveling, if she uh, if she gets tired or if she wants to go someplace where people actually speak the English language and you want to meet other native English speakers, there's an Irish pub almost anywhere in the world. That's right. And they're always watching football or they're always talking about football. Yes. Proper football. Cheers. I like that this beer a lot. Ah, home. The thing with uh, the thing with Guinness is, not only can you get it just about everywhere, it doesn't take as long to pour as it did. It used to be that they would start pouring a Guinness, and about five minutes later, you'd get the Guinness. Yeah. So you always had to alert your bartender beforehand. Like I'm almost out of beer because I'm going to need another one, and they would they would do it. Now the pour happens so quick, they can almost pour it like a pint. Well, like they have like a normal pint of beer. Some places they still do the very the very slow pour, uh-huh. but then they've also invested in the technology to make it come out quickly. Mm-hmm. I was just in beautiful London, and they have uh, Guinness and Guinness Extra Cold, and there was a side by side taste test, and they both were about the same temperature and about the same flavor. We'll probably put a link on uh, the the uh, web page where the uh, two beer where the uh, actual beer people tasted the stuff and said eh, not much of a difference. Extra cold. Yeah, Guinness extra cold. Why would you want Guinness extra cold? I mean, here's a beer that sh- should be served warm, um, forty five fifty degrees so, uh, Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bless you. Well, you're complimenting the chef oh, in some exactly. cultures. No, it's. Uh, People look at America, we lost all of our beer culture, and we're building it back, and we're taking the best of everything in the world and synthesizing it into something great. Whereas in England uh, and Germany and and, and Belgium, no, it's going away, where you get get everybody wants an insipid cold lager. Oh, the Americanization of... Yes, of, of Europe. That's, Not Americanization though, but the just the flavors. The American tasteification yeah. of Europe. Tasteification. <laughs> I like that word. The tasteification. Well, I'm almost done with this and we can go on. Um in fact, what I may do is I may just pause this and enjoy this beer. Okay, we're back and I uh, just wanted to let everybody know that I did finish that beer and there were some floaties down on the bottom. And that's actually probably leftover yeast or leftover uh Leftover floaties. Not and the thing is, don't be afraid of that stuff. I mean, just because it shows up, like, ooh, doesn't make the beer bad. You know, it doesn't make the yeast is not always a bad thing. Exactly. Don't be afraid of the yeast, like the Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll told us not to fear the Reaper. 
our Guinness, just to let you know, uh, came from Canada. So it was for brewed in Canada? New Brunswick, Canada. Product of Canada. Interesting. So, well, that makes a lot of sense. So that just goes to show you that you should always, that's going to be from America somewhere. Yeah. Just goes to show you that you really should pay attention to the labeling of the product that you're buying. If you don't, you might find you might feel tricked or cheated. So here we have a Sapporo uh, with a government warning. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages because it might cause pregnancy. <laughs> it says that right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, well, you know, only the astute, careful listener will get John's little uh, joke there. <laughs> so we have a Sapporo, and it turns out that it's brewed and canned. By Sapporo Brewing Company, Ontario, Canada. Just for the record, that's John that's got the uh, gastric anomalies taking no, place. No, that's the name. That's how you pronounce that town. <laughs> oh, Glyph. <laughs> it's, it's Glyph, Canada. Glyph, Canada. So Sapporo's got a, they've got an interesting can because it's, it's not round. It's, uh, it's a keg, it's cask or a, I don't know, it's all. It's got a sexy shape to it. It does. It feels neat. Um. So here's the other thing, ten <clears> percent <throat> refund in Michigan. So if we saved up all of our cans and bottles, and then got uh, somebody got a job in Michigan, and then with moving expenses, we they could move all of our cans and bottles saved, and then we would get ten cents. This was a Seinfeld episode. It was Kramer. I think was going to get a truck and drive a bunch of cans and bottles to Michigan. I'd never watched that show. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna open the Sapporo since 1876. Wow, that's a stout can. It is a stout can. Wow, they went all out. <laughs> this is not like this is not like the cheap American aluminum. All right, so here's the pour. Oh, this this looks a lot like the Miller. Ah, uh, but it's better than the Miller. No, it has the same color. Well, it's a little bit. It's a little uh, bit darker because we didn't rinse our glasses after having the Guinness. <laughs> it's got the floaties from the Guinness in it. Um. The head looks a lot better than the uh, than the than the Miller. Yeah. So what do we find here? Wow, we, we're clamping the coasters on top. Again. Yeah, clamping that, spinning around. Another thing about clamping the coaster on top when you spin your beer, it's less likely to splash into your lap or your friend's lap. Well, there's some bitter in there. Yeah, but the bitter, I think, uh, this probably should have gone before the Guinness. Probably. Oh well. You know, that's an interesting thing about tasting beer is that sometimes when you're tasting beer in the wrong order, you can ruin the rest of the tastings. So if you're at the brewery and you've ordered the flight of of beer to try every beer that they have, don't drink the IPA first. Well, they usually lay it out in such a way that uh, you're going through the flavors from, from lightest to heaviest and darkest and right. sourest. And, well, and sometimes it's not just the colors of the, you know, they don't arrange it by color. Right. So beware, be careful of that. Don't just go, oh, here's the, so this beer, the second might be the darkest, but it might also be the sweetest or it might also be uh, the lightest of, of them. Yes, you can come up with you can come up with beers that are dark and sweet and soft and gentle and other beers that are bright and golden and bitter and sour and this has got a couple of things going with it. We chose this as the potentially bitter beer. Uh-huh. And it does have a bit of bitter, but it, there's a there's a distinct sour that's going on at the at, at the finish as well. So, that's a happy accident. 
a happy accident. Well, no, because... It's like when the car you've been trying to get rid of gets stolen. Yeah. Well, who knew that we would actually have a second example of, or in in our flight, that we would have an example of of, uh, sweet, or excuse me, uh, sour. I would just say a second example and leave it to the listenership to figure out what the example is. Floaties in the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and we'd like some feedback. If you can't find one of these beers where you are... Like Modelo, for example. Modelo might be a might be a jump in some places. I know that from a California point of view, you definitely, <coughs> you'll definitely be able to find it. But from a Wisconsin point of view, probably not going to be able to find that beer. It's true. Uh, oh well, La Vie. So let's see. Smell does not equal taste. And I'm not good on smelling right now, anyway, because my head's a little bit congested. It's more subtle. I mean, it, back to the Heineken. When we opened the bottle of Heineken, you could smell the skunk jumping yeah. all over the place. And the thing with identifying skunky beer is that if you take a beer and you open it and it doesn't smell right, if it smells like skunks, then the beer is bad. It's just gone off. Yeah. With some exceptions to that rule. So if you open a bottle of Belgian beer, like a goose beer, for example. Right. And this gets way ahead of the class. But if you open that beer and you're using your American palate for smell and taste, you will think that that beer is just off. Oh, you'll just go, what the hell is wrong here? What was up? What What are these people thinking and who spent 20 bucks on this bottle of beer? <laughs> so that's another example of a, a big, a big cost, big price does uh-huh. not equal great. But, you know, it's the price we pay for supporting the Belgian beer industry. Exactly. Well, hopefully we won't Americanize or add the American tasteification to the Belgium so that they'll keep brewing these amazing styles. Now, most of the breweries are thankful for the American market because uh, some places, 40% of their production comes here. And we're our evolving beer tastes and interest in unique styles are supporting the breweries that otherwise would go under. That's so cool. Because I was always just, a, I was just fearful of somebody saying, you know, we'll chase that American, that American market, and with the whole idea that we're a Belgium beer company, we'll just push this beer over there, right? And it'll taste like every other American beer, but it'll be from Belgium. Well, the Belgians are starting to get interested in, uh, or the Flemish, I think, would be the proper term. Um, they're really getting into uh, trying to come up with IPAs. And uh, Le Chouf did a uh, an IPA, and it's it's interesting because it's it's uh, their interpretation on what they think an American IPA is, but you know they forget all the hops. They it's, forgot the it's hops. hoppy relative to what the standard is. Oh, to to the Belgian beer, it's it's yes. hoppy, but uh, but to the American the American palate, especially the in areas where uh, the breweries sort of fight each other to outdo one another on hops, which was clearly in evidence yesterday in beautiful Hayward at the Bistro for the double IPA festival. Uh, It's nothing like that. There was some, there was beers that were just hops. Uh You just smelled them like, okay, that's just hops. And then you tasted it and it was like, gah, okay. Make the bugs money face. Why am I drinking this again? Oh yeah. (laughs) Cause it's only, it's only a ticket and I can get, they can slug this down and uh, get something the, um, that I might discover. You, did you do the math on what the ticket cost was 
because that it was a unit. I remember for twenty dollars, you so got twenty dollars. You got five. You got a tasting glass and five tickets. Right. For thirty dollars, you got seven more tickets. Right. So a ticket so you're price. Doing, so you're doing the math. This is the thing that you did weird <coughs> math because you're like, okay, five for twenty. Okay, but then the ten was just seven, or the the, the ten bucks got you seven more. So you're you're going in like I'm already going to spend twenty bucks, right? So I'm going to just buy in. And so if we go and I'm not going to bring it. I could bring up the calculator right now because we have a computer. It's like a dollar. 30 <laughs> divided by 12 equals 2.5. And if you go 20 divided by 5, why do I need a calculator? That's 4. four. So it was actually a, a extra, an extra uh, good deal. But the thing was is that I was doing the math based on that I was getting 7 more for 10 bucks. Right. Not that I was getting 12 total for 30. You know, this is probably – this is – there is a – a show that we can do, which is beer festivals. Oh yeah, we should do a beer fest show. Uh, and, one, and not at a beer festival. No, talking about beer festivals. And one thing that you learn also is if you outlast your friends, they still have tickets, that's, and before they leave, they give you tickets. That's right. Actually, that's kind of funny. I mean, random people will give you tickets. They'll yeah. go here, have have these. We're leaving uh, at the at the uh, Oregon Brewers Festival last year. I had a whole stack. I think they're over there somewhere. Oh, I've got, I've, I've got piles of those things. But the cool thing is that, that isn't it true that last year's tokens work at next year's festival? Oh yeah, they always they always they always uh, turn over. They're nice little. They are the literal wooden nickel. They're little wooden things with the festival uh, logo imprinted on them. All right, so we have one last beer. Our last beer. One thing about this one, it's actually uh, produced in one brewery. Uh, the Modelo Brewery. This is a one of the Mexican lagers. Wow, that was good sound. You know, it's not as stout as the uh, Sapporo. Right. Definitely a more aluminum light can. It's a it's a tall boy. It's actually uh, Cervecia Modelo S period A period D C dot V dot Mexico. <laughs> this is product of Mexico down on the bottom. Hecho. And I'm absolutely pouring this wrong. That's okay. This is, you know, tall boys, tall big aluminum cans are probably not supposed to be poured from. <laughs> they're they're designed to fit in brown paper bags. <laughs> Although not as much as that damn quart bottle of Miller that we oh, <laughs> <laughs> worst beer ever. I'm sorry that you like that beer. Still, worst beer if ever. If you do, uh, spend an extra 50 cents and get a bit of beer. Oh, yeah, that's your homework for next week. <laughs> get the, uh, get the uh, Racer 5. Yeah, that's... So our Modelo is is looking a lot like the Sapporo. It's got a it's got a thicker looking head than the Sapporo had. It's, uh, it's still very golden like the Miller and the... Sapporo. And we don't really, uh, this is one when we were shopping at Porn and Liquor that uh, that I just said, and we need to get this, because I like Modelo. It's it's a good burrito beer. Oh, this is awesome. Could you imagine eating burritos with this? Yeah, or this tacos. Is, yeah, this is really good. A nice um, Al Pastor taco. Okay, so now I've just, I've just thrown down the most lame way of describing a beer. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. It goes well with tacos. Exactly. No, I mean, Do we I'm, surf later? 
No, we don't surf. We leave that to the professionals. Exactly. We have professionals around us that surf. <laughs> we leave that to half the staff at our favorite pub. Wow, this is good. Not bad. I mean, okay, so here's an example of a very golden, very, uh, this is a lager. Clear, style. clean. Clear, clean. Finishes smooth. Doesn't have any any really bad traits. There's a hint of hops. I would say that it's probably hoppier than Bud. So this would go up to the uh, maybe 13 or 14 on the IBU scale, uh-huh. which is not a lot, but still. Okay, imagine this, that you've, uh, it's been two days mm. past the border, you're riding in your Jeep. And it's hot. You roll down, it's probably 110 degrees, mm. you're somewhere in the middle of Mexico, you're eating fantastic food out of this grill somewhere. This beer would be perfect. It would be. This is like that story uh, that I have about drinking a bud in the British Virgin Islands. <laughs> and I'm not a fan of bud, but that was what was on the boat. And it was hot, and it was... The beer was cold, and I came up out of the ocean after going for a big swim. And I unpopped or uncorked that thing, and damn, that was a good beer. It's like uh, when I was drinking the pint of Guinness with the British Virgin. Mm. <laughs> To the British, to the no, to longer, the Brits, to the no longer British version. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, tacos, burritos. We have to have the the uh, the food pairing show where we actually get some different things. And uh, and Chef Eddie has agreed to be on our show. Excellent. Yeah. Can I can I say one more thing? If we can teach you one thing today, kids, uh, if you're going to drink a Mexican beer, don't drink Corona. Drink this. Or uh, Negro Modelo, it's a darker one. Uh, there's so many better beers out there than Corona. And this is probably less. You get 24 fluid ounces straight up from Mexico. Yeah. Uh, and Corona is another one where you get the skunky because it's in the clear glass. Right. <clears throat> Actually, I think that beer is just bad. Yeah. Every time I drink Corona, I always pay for it later. Well, there's a, the Germans uh, were in Mexico for a while, and the Germans set up these breweries that do good, solid yeah. beer. Well, like Modelo. Yeah. Negro Modelo, which is the uh, the bottle version of this. It's a darker, more uh, more amber style. It's so good. It's yeah. probably one of the best beers that you can get from Mexico. Or Tecate. Tecate is just fun to say. Tecate. Tecate. And... Uh, Bohemia is a uh, is an answer to a great beer trivia question. What is the last remaining mass-produced commercial example of a Vienna lager? Oh, Modelo. No, no, no. Bohemia. Oh, Bohemia. Named wow. after that world-famous beer brewing region, uh, Bohemia, which sort of takes in part of Germany and part of Czechoslovakia. And not that um, coffee house style of dress bohemians <laughs> exactly. although it sort of works that way but no bohemia is also where you get uh it's it's the land of the brothers Grimm. it's the land of creepy german fairy tales and it's just a beautiful place creepy german fairy my tales. favorite beer comes from that part of the world awesome so we want to do a couple of plugs um the brewing network guys have helped us out uh gave us a bunch of feedback about our show and we're very happy for that, you can uh, frequent that uh, forum, which is at uh, thebrewingnetwork.com slash, uh, slash forum. I want to say, but it's not that. I think you just go to the Brewing Network and you Click use on the your forum eyes. button. 
the back in the old days when we wrote HTML by hand, damn it, it was slash forum. Yeah, and now it's that's PHP eight seven zero nine zero two. Yeah, it's something that should be called slash forum, but the webmaster there. No disrespect to their webmaster, but they did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect, but you did it wrong. Um, the 21st Amendment, where, where we did the pre-show, where we actually planned the show, provided us uh, with some beers. <laughs> I pay for every beer there. I pay for every beer one way or the other there. <laughs> so this I'm really enjoying this, ne- the Modelo. It's so good. And, you know, if, uh, if we didn't like the beer at the 21st Amendment, we wouldn't be there all the time. Oh, all the time. Although... If I had to find a place, if they served this on tap, this would be with tacos. Dello on tap. I think I've s- no, I've seen Takati on tap. Seen Takati on tap, but never. I've never seen Modelo on tap. Takati has a their beer can for the tap handle. Oh, that's right. It's actually it's a really nice yeah, that, tap handle. That red, uh, the red with the yeah with the uh, black insignia. But Modelo, you just get at the taqueria. You have tremendous food. So much better fast food than uh, than the actual fast food restaurants. I want to Those talk, are air quotes I just used. Yeah. I want to talk about how this finishes. So it's so clean the way it finishes. It's almost uh, reminiscent of uh, the 21st Amendment IPA, how clean that finishes. And that sh- shouldn't finish clean because it's so hoppy. Well, they only employ geniuses at that place. That's true. <laughs> We're making his head bigger <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. <clears throat> it is. All right. Uh, let's see. Our next show, we're talking about going to Fresno for uh, to to hook up with Fresno. Nika. I thought you said France. France. We can't afford France. We can afford Fresno. I even got my Amtrak frequent rider card. Could you imagine going to France to do beer school? That would be kind of cool. John, you know me. I actually could. Uh, that's, oh, that's right. Because <laughs> of your job. Well, no. Just last week, the uh, the United E Fairs uh, came out, and there was a misprint. But they had listed San Francisco to Frankfurt round trip for three hundred and eight dollars. That's cheaper than going to L.A. <laughs> Seriously, if you by the time you get uh, an L an L.A. ticket booked, it's like one hundred and fifty bucks each way, and uh, there's hardly ever a discount unless you buy four weeks in advance. So yes, well the 308 was a misprint, but the actual price was 428. Mm. So let's wrap this up. Okay. Um <clears throat> we have four different things that we want to taste in beer. We want to taste bitter, which we've tasted in the uh we had uh, we had some bitter in the Sapporo, we had some bitter in the in the Guinness. Yeah. Um we want to be able to taste sweet. Which we had in the Miller, but we also had in, as a surprise in the uh, Sapporo. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, had the skunk flavor, <laughs> which is from the Heineken. And it's a really good example. If you've never had Heineken, if you've never experienced the skunk flavor, then you should try it at least once. It's also it's also a Corona thing, and it's a, largely a measure of packaging. Yeah. Uh, don't drink beer out of clear bottles or green bottles. For a later show, we should look at Heineken in cans versus Heineken in bottles. Ooh, that would be an interesting show. Okay. <laughs> so then there's the uh, the sour flavor, which we had in the Guinness. Um, sour is something that 
a lot of people will start to seek out. But as a new, I want to learn a lot about beer kind of person, I don't want to drink sour beer. It's not something that I appreciated when I was first drinking, when I was first learning to drink beer. It tasted wrong. And now I can go and take taste sour and appreciate it for what it is because I like that style of beer. The creeks, the goose, the the uh, the lambics that have that flavor and uh and I actually want to try that stuff. But when I'm uh I don't know, I want to say 6 years ago, yeah, I would I hated that beer. It's in some of the beers are in almost inaccessible in terms of approaching them and going, "Wow, what is this I'm tasting?" And if you jump straight into the sour beers, the Belgian, you know, backflip triple triple magnificent amazing sour beers a lot of people just go no i don't like this that's a completely valid answer exactly so just want to remind everybody that it's okay to like the kind of beers that you like except if it's that miller and a quart (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna make fun of you if that's if that's your beer um okay well anything else we want to talk about you know, teacher, I don't think you prepared the homework this week. Oh, that's right. We have homework. Uh, okay, so your homework is to try this flight of beer. Ooh. To go and get this, the Modelo, or appropriate Mexican beer, the Sapporo from Canada, not from... <laughs> we thought we were getting a... a an imported beer. But I'm going to have to start from, looking at that. But Canada is a different country. They get really testy if you think that they're part of the United States. <laughs> so the Modelo, the the Sapporo, the Guinness Stout. In, I a, know, in a bottle. In a bottle. In a bottle. Not from a can with the widget because that will change the way that you're tasting it. Um, the Miller... Not a Miller Genuine Draft, not an MGD, but a Miller, The High Life. The High Life. Isn't this the champagne of beer? Yes, the champagne, the champagne of, of beer. beers. Oh, it's so wrong. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, the, what was the last thing we had? The last thing was... Uh, oh, the Heineken. The Heineken. The Heineken. So th- that's your homework, is to try this flight of beers and to taste the bitter, the sweet, the skunk, and the sour. So until next time... Until next time... I'm Motor, and I'm John Foster, and this has been Beer School. <laughs> Class dismissed. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you drank all those beers in that short amount of time. I've. Uh, if anybody takes anything away from this, it's don't drink Corona, drink Modelo. Exactly. Don't drink Heineken, drink something else. Something else. Don't drink Miller. No, I think I think a pairing of beer in can versus beer in bottle. Oh, yeah, I want to do that. That'll be fun. Because Heineken, I think Heineken actually tastes fouler in a can. How could it taste fouler than it already tastes? <laughs> uh, but I think we could do it with Ducati. Guinness, by design, is different in bottles and cans. Because well, that's because it's got the widget. The technology. The millions and millions and millions of dollars that went in to try and recreate... The pub experience coming out of a can. you got to respect the company for doing it. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Make beer, not war. It's too bad those people in the mid Midwest don't like... Uh... Yeah, there's no more of that. <laughs> we drank it all. We liked this beer. We have to go get more Modelo. <laughs> exactly. I have to go to the BN uh, thing. 
Oh, you gotta go to Napa. I gotta go to Napa. I gotta go up Market Street somewhere. Have fun. All right. So, uh, well, if you're still hanging around, if you're still hanging around, why haven't you run out and bought some more beer? Exactly. You should buy us beer. Hey, kid. Here's a twenty. Go get us beer. <laughs>